This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Blank Podcast, the podcast where we talk to well-known people about their lives, their careers and those difficult moments along the way. I'm Giles Paley-Phillips and with me is my cat who's sitting oh. just behind <laughs> and he's going to be doing the podcast. That's a new nickname you've given me. <laughs> no. So I just noticed him out the corner of my eye, which is why I diverted to him. Rather than to you, Jim. Sorry. Sitting in the sun, having a lovely time. Of course, I'm here with Jim Daly. Sorry, Jim. Hello, Jim the Cat Daly. Because yeah. <laughs> he used to be a um, cat burglar. <laughs> I think it all, or, that's what they used to call goalkeepers in the 60s, didn't they? When goalkeepers were really good, they were the cat. I'm trying to think of an example now. Mm. Can't think of any. But I, that was, yeah. I guess cats have got good reflexes, haven't they? I think. For yeah, I don't off stuff. Oh, that, that's a kid's book. There, there's a kids' book in there somewhere the about cat. goalkeeping cat. Oh, that's a great idea. Come yeah. on, Jim, we need to write this. All right, well, <laughs> that'll be our next project. <laughs> uh, the footballing cat, cat the goalkeeper. Cat, the, yeah. no, that anyway. we need to get kind of come up with some better titles than that. Okay, all right, we'll, we'll work on it. Maybe some anyway. of our listeners can help us. Yes, let us know. Mm. <laughs> let us know. Although, do, do please sign over the rights. Yeah, um, what is happening how are you what is happening um well it's a it's a very cloudy gray day we're back into the routines after this summer as all seems like a, a million miles away now and uh we're heading yeah. into autumn and i guess dare i say christmas isn't that far away as well it's not far away is it september october november december january so 2022 is four months away Jeez. that's mad and when we're recording it, obviously when this episode goes out, it'll be even closer. It might be even closer, yeah. <laughs> yep, been a crazy old time last last couple of years. Mm. But uh, yeah, are you are you are you an autumn slash winter fan? Uh I think each season has its. Um... <laughs> Such a politician. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see, but Giles was doing that no finger point thumb thing at the same time as well. Let me. Be clear. Let me be clear. Every season has its has benefits. Has. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... No, I, I do like autumn. Uh, I was born in the autumn, so I guess... I don't know if there is a sort of thing about that, whether you like a season that you were you came into the world in. But, uh, yeah, autumn has always been one that I like. I like sunny autumn days as well, you know, when you get those beautiful colours on the trees when, you know, they're starting to go red and sort of bronzy kind of colours you see. That's quite nice. And then, yeah, winter, I don't mind. I quite like sort of nights in when it, the rain's hacking down outside and you're sort of cosied up with the fire on, watching a, a movie. I quite like that. But I like spring and summer as well. They've got their their upsides. That was a terrible... Yeah, uh, literally yeah, covered all bases there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but no, I do like but, autumn. I do like autumn, yeah. 
I think, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I like, I just like wearing a nice big coat. I don't know. I'm sure Scandinavians have a word for putting on a nice big coat when it's cold, but um, yeah, something very uh, satisfying about wearing a nice. Well, hugger is very autumnal time, I think, and hugger's the well, that's the sort of Danish thing. Hugger's like comfort. So yeah, drinking coffee, cold evenings, wrapped up warm. Oh, right. by a fire. Yeah, so yeah, not far away from that. Yeah. Candles, lots of candles. Hugger. Yeah, hugger. Yeah, I think I like hugger. H Y double G E, I think is how it's spelled, but yeah, it's pronounced Hugger. And yeah, it's um, it's lovely. My wife bought a book on Hugger because we went to randomly went to America via Copenhagen because it was cheaper. Yeah, and yeah. Um, but we got to have a bit of a stopover, and we went into Copenhagen, and uh, yeah, and there was even the public lavatories had candles in them to make them nice and tranquil. Wow! So you could have you could urinate and feel at ease. And at peace. <laughs> wow. I need to go to Copenhagen. That sounds mm. fun. Um, it's very soothing. It's very nice. Very very clean. Very nice people. Yeah, very nice. I would like to have spent more time there, really. Do you know who else is a, is a very nice person? Very comforting. Oh, look at this. This week's guest on Sliding the podcast. Sliding into the DMs with that segue. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like an, opp- an opportunity came up, and I thought, I'm going to run with it. Um it's Kerry Howard. Yeah. What a, what a lovely guest she was today. Fantastic guest. Love Kerry. She's a fantastic actress. Very funny. Very candid. Lovely yeah. to have on the podcast. Been wanting to get on for ages. And um, yeah, just a really lovely human being. Yes. And she had lots of good advice given out this week as mm. well. Um, just, yeah. We covered, I mean, we went on a lot of different tangents, which are mm. always enjoy those episodes. And we've covered all sorts of bases. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's a very good one. And Kerry was a very easy guest to interview. The time absolutely flew by. Um, so yeah, we will delve into that imminently. But before we do that, of course, we need to read out some lovely tweets. Yes, I've got one here from Love Magnolia. She says it. Se- oh, this is regarding the Nick Offerman episode. She says it yeah. seems like he is a very kind soul. His carpentry is exquisite. I can vouch for that. I've got one of his books and there's just some incredible stuff in there. Uh, the show with Amy is the delight. I would love to have him and his lovely wife, Megan, over for dinner. So would I. What a great yeah. dinner oh, party yeah. guests they would be. Um, and he has such an, a lovely, easygoing vibe. Yeah, I can, well, I can uh, vouch for all those things. Nick was a yeah. joy to talk to. Yeah, brilliant one. I mean, my t- tweet is also about that episode as well from mm. Pally J. Uh, he says, for all of us who need to hear, it's okay when things go wrong and we're not alone. Uh, which, yeah, is hopefully true for all our episodes, but mm. certainly of that Nick Offman one as well. He was an amazing guest. So if you're new to the podcast, and hello and welcome. And you haven't listened to the Nick Offman one, do go back and give that uh, give that this, this episode 111. Uh, but we do have lots of other episodes as well to, to, to well, load 130 something now. So dip into our back catalogue and uh, yeah, we hope, we hope you enjoy it. It's funny, actually. I was thinking when we do these readouts each episode, how they sometimes are on one particular episode that we put. So I guess it's some people yeah. catching up yeah. on a certain area and they feel, you know, they've obviously really enjoyed it and feel compelled to tweet us. Um, so yeah, please do keep these tweets coming in because we love reading your tweets and um, getting your messages about the podcast. And you can tweet us at... At BlankPod. Yeah, or you can. We're even on Instagram. We're so hip. We're so with it, with the times. We're mm. on Instagram and Facebook. Just sort of 
more behind the times, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, whatever times you fancy, we got them covered. Um, at Blank Pod, so it's the same handle. Yeah. At Blank Pod. So, shall we delve into this week's fantastic episode with Kerry Howard? I'm asking you a question, but I'm also just going to go ahead and introduce it <laughs> on. <laughs> so I sort of realised halfway through, just, well, just do it. Yeah, because if I said it. no, I know, it'd be exactly, a bit awkward, wouldn't it? <laughs> No, I'd rather talk mm, more I'm not about sure. I'm not sure. Let's talk a bit more about awesome. me. <laughs> anyway, this is the wonderful Kerry Howard on The Blank Podcast. It's very, very nice to see you and thank you for coming on. No, thank you for asking. I'm kind of like intrigued. I'm like, why do you want to talk to me? Because <laughs> <laughs> we we like you and like what you do. Um, oh, nice. So, yeah, I mean, we just talked about um, lockdown. Has it been difficult with doing like castings and stuff? I guess you've been doing lots of stuff remotely. Yeah, like everything is self-taped. So I live yeah. um, just outside Bath now, but I've been living in Bath for over four years. So every time I had an audition, I would go back into London and I've got young kids. So it was kind of like, oh God, this is really like hard because it would take my whole day out. Now it's actually brilliant because I can do a self-tape uh, a couple like after the kids are asleep after like seven or like just like I literally just pop one in now. And it's really great for me. I'm like, this is brilliant. I'm not booking any jobs, so. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel like I'm working. <laughs> Doing a casting feel like, feels yeah, like work. I, I always book a job when you meet me. Like, I think that is, that, that's where they, I think they do a disservice because you're not really connecting yeah. with someone and go, oh, can I work with them on set? You're just seeing a sort of one dimensional version of what they can do. Yeah. And, um, you know, you need a director to just say, yeah, I love that, but it's not that. It's this. Mm. Can you play that? And then, yeah. You get a, you get yeah. a feeling for people's energy as well when you're in the room as well, which you can't get over self tapes. Yeah, but then I feel it, it's almost sort of like a placebo because I'm doing all these self tapes. I feel like I'm not forgotten. My job is still happening, so it kind of like makes me feel calm. I'm like, oh, it's okay. I can live in the country. Oh, Bath is so nice as well. Oh, I have my honeymoon in Bath. Oh, lovely! Mm, no, it's lovely. It's a lovely uh, Sally Lund's buns. I remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's still going strong. Yeah, nice. Can't knock, you can't knock those buns down. <laughs> good old um, Sally. Good old Sally. They're massive. Yeah. Oh, God. That's, that'll fill you up for the day or the week. Um, no, it's the, it's the bath stone. It's the yellow. And then on a, on a beautiful blue, like crisp, sunny day, the yellow and the blue is just the most beautiful colours. I love it. I love bath. Yeah, it's yeah, a lovely, lovely so place. Nice. And I keep, me and my wife keep saying we'll go back, have like a, second honeymoon type thing but yeah you should you must yeah. you must it is a really really lovely place uh, yeah i yeah. envy you living there because it is very nice um yeah. so yeah so that's been challenging though doing that like just sending stuff out constantly and just yeah. hoping hoping that something will come back yeah and i think that's probably like if i if that was all that was a part of my career I, that would be really debilitating because it's just relentless emotionally and also you have to prepare for no's or like ghosting like I think the industry invented ghosting <laughs> before and then like people are like oh I can actually do that to someone in real life that's fun uh -huh. um uh but I write as well so that helps 
so I have agency I can create my yeah. own work so if I don't book a gig I, I know that I'm going to be filming something that I've written so it's all it's all gravy baby <laughs> yeah I think you need that balance between because a lot of the industry is just asking asking for love it's just yes like, it is please love me I'm doing a gig work. tonight I'm doing an MC and gig tonight in Tamworth which I think it's like Leicestershire I'm really nervous about it because it's like want it to go well and I want yeah. to like me and I think any any of the entertainment industry is is just asking <laughs> asking for a little bit of love a hundred percent I think most people who are performers um they come from a place of neglect emotional neglect it, yeah. it's like it's just look at me I exist I want to be seen I think that's what it is um and maybe it's not necessarily like their parents or or like it could be like they didn't have enough friends they weren't popular at school and that just like yeah. makes you just go I'll show them um, yeah yeah it's interesting where that sort of comes from so I look back and think I had a really lovely childhood great parents all, all yeah. fine but it's, it's interesting to sort of tap in without getting too deep too quickly on the podcast sorry yeah. to tap into that yeah, maybe of... it was your your secondary years at school with your friends like maybe there yeah, you maybe. weren't you weren't top dog I mean I don't remember being top dog so there you go. There yeah, you go. Maybe maybe I, I don't remember the need to be top dog, but maybe I did. Maybe secretly I did mm, want mm. to be top dog. I don't know. It's, it's very, amazing actually. You think I'm just sort of going through my childhood now, going back. And yeah, there was loads of neglect. So I'm thinking that was actually yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> I I've actually like feel like I've I've grown slightly in the last five minutes because I'm thinking, oh, okay, <laughs> that's why. That's, that's why I'm so why. desperate for validation constantly. Yeah, yeah. And now we have it with Instagram and Twitter. We yeah. have it all the time. So our egos should be sedated, but we are greedy. Yeah. We want more. <laughs> yeah. So true. Yeah. Yeah. What do you like with social media? Because I go, I go through phases of thinking, right, I can't deal with Twitter anymore. It's too annoying. Mm. And, but I can't, I I can't actually sort of get rid of you, it. You can't get away from it. I kind of really, like weirdly, my biggest following is Twitter, but I don't attend to it at all. I liked it at the beginning where, when it was just sort of like silly random opinions and it was more like show, sharing jokes. Now it's quite heavy and quite political and I don't feel well informed enough to go, actually my opinion's really important. Yeah, Every now yeah. and again, like I'll be like, oh yeah, I like someone else's uh, ideas. And think, yeah, that, that's, that should be heard. But yeah, um, yeah. I, I, like, I like Instagram. I like the magazine life of Instagram. Like... Because I just think sometimes it's it's just basically I'm dating Instagram. Instagram's my boyfriend, <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I'm I I have so much confidence because she gives me a lot of self care. I mean they're pretty like gender fluid. Sometimes she's a girlfriend and sometimes she's a boyfriend. <laughs> it's non-binary. It's it's cute. Yeah, I I, I get that with with Twitter. I do have opinions. I I do. There are things that I think are important and things I I think should be heard. But I often think like, who am I to be saying that? Like I'm a no yes. one. Mm. So yeah. I retweet stuff a lot and I retweet people's opinions and stuff. But I yeah. very rarely be like, oh guys, you should think this. You should do this. I think you're a nobody. Like yeah, and I, d- I don't like opinion? the idea of the trolling and all yeah. of that. And I just think you you don't want to set yourself up. And then because I think most performers are very paranoid people anyway any bad comment that would just really destroy me (laughs) and then I get obsessed with it so I'm like I'm not even gonna like entertain that yeah it's it's um yeah there's I mean there's lovely aspects of of all these platforms and yeah I'm I'm, I use Twitter a lot but 
you know, mm. even if you put out really nice stuff all the time, you still get people slamming you down. I know. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre when you're like, you, you mainly tweet lovely, gorgeous tweets. And I can't imagine, but I bet, I bet you do get people like, oh, you're so fucking happy, aren't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> How can you be so fucking positive all the time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Liar! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know yeah. it's it's just one of those things, but it's, I guess that's yeah. That's what we've had to have to adapt to it, don't we? And I think yeah, it, I think giving ourselves a little break from it now and again is probably a good and healthy yeah. way to be. Yeah, yeah. So going back, I, yeah. sorry, sorry, Jim. I was going to say no, going, fine, fine. going back. Um, you all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I swear I am okay. I swear I'm fine. I'm just, uh, I feel like I'm about a 10 second, no, half second beat behind the YouTube, but I'll catch up. I will catch up. Okay. I was wondering if there's a delay on your line or something. Um, no, no, I was going to say, going back, was um, was performing and, and, and wanting to be an actor, was that something that you always wanted to do? Was was that something you did at school? I, I all, like before school, I'm a twin. So I've got twin brother, Daniel, and my older brother, Russell. So as soon as Russ, like Daniel was football ready, Russell okay. nicked it. <laughs> okay. So nobody would play with me and I had two left feet. So I was shit at sports. Like they wanted me to be good at football, but I was just so, like the ball would rebound and go over the fence into the neighbours and be like, Karen, fuck's sake. <laughs> like I would just ruin, ruin the games. So I found solace in watching black and white movies in the middle of the day. And then I would go upstairs and just stare at myself in the mirror and just talk to myself and do all these different characters. And for hours, and not like my mum would walk in and I'd pretend I wasn't doing anything. Like, <laughs> I'm just playing with Macedonians. But really, I was just like, just having lovely chats, like monologues. You know, what movies were you watching? Oh, it, oh God, I, like it, I watched a lot of um, uh, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. I used to love watching them because they, they played them in like the 80s. They replayed them. They did. I remember um, Channel 4 yeah. did a whole season and they had like a book. And you could like start, you could send off for this book, and it was like a sort of collector's book. And I remember sending mm. off for it, and I remember thinking, oh, it, wow. the thing I that really stuck with me was at the, the back of the book it said Charlie Chaplin fathered his last child at the age of eighty, and I remember thinking that was quite impressive that he was still <laughs> like active at that age. <laughs> I know, and now it's like you know I realised that actually he's a pedo, and I was like, oh, oh like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you know he. He married his underage wife to make it legal. And yeah, then you're yeah. just like, and he always like uh, young, you know, you're like, oh, uh, he was my hero. I did not know that. Yeah, it's ruined yeah. everything, doesn't it? Well, but yeah. I mean, like, but most of them, like, because they could. And, you know, it's kind of gross. But yes. Um, so all my heroes are pedophiles. So. <laughs> <laughs> now that is an Edinburgh show title. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bill Crosby, like, for fuck's sake. Oh, it's hideous. Still fix it. Literally, like these were the, the yeah. role models, male role models of my like generation. You're like, ah, oh. yeah. No wonder domestic abuse is on the rise. I mean, yeah. we've just been groomed. <laughs> Shocking, oh. isn't it? Shocking. Yeah. So, so yeah. you're watching Charlie Chaplin movies and anything else? Like, I remember as a kid, I used to Doris watch... Day. Oh, okay. I used to love watching Doris Day. I mean, she was great, and she was always her characters are just full of moxie weren't they and i wasn't that but like i loved any any of those films and marilyn monroe like big character betty davis all the good all the yeah, great all the greats and yeah. so you yeah and so you were kind of reenacting them in your room yeah yeah in my really bad like america like imagine like a, a six-year-old going tell me something honey <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck 
<laughs> I can't marry you. I tell you, I can't marry you. <laughs> Ow. Oh, man. Kerry, what are you doing in there? Nothing. <laughs> She's doing that bad American accent again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You should meet my wife. Uh, she's also loved all those movie stars growing up. Um, yeah. Was an only child. Um, but, yeah, and, and is now an actor as well. So uh, I think you guys will probably get on. Probably get on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I was say, did you feel a bit like an only child, though? Because obviously I know you've got a twin who's obviously, you know, so there's a great connection there. But did you feel yeah. like the, the two boys were kind of off doing their thing and you were kind of left to your own devices to a certain extent? Yeah, I mean, I so desperately wanted me and Daniel to have telepathy. Like, I really <laughs> wanted to be special because we were always introduced as the twins. And because we didn't look like each other, mm. like I had dark brown hair and he had white blonde hair and I was very dark skinned and he was very fair. So people were like, yeah, we were always freaks. And I used to love that attention. I think my mum loved that attention because she was so teeny and everybody like, how could you have twins? So it's always <laughs> a big performance. But that that was the only real connection of me being a twin was the surprise and shocked everyone and that we were so different and then yeah most of the time yeah I, I did feel like an only child because I wasn't in their world I didn't mm. I hated football I'd watch it every week I watched them play football every week and I just went into la la land I went into my like I just went into my own world I, I did I, I mean years of my life I should know what left field is or what I don't I don't I literally <laughs> actively sat there rejecting all this sort of visual knowledge I was like nope nope I'm not gonna learn a fucking thing here I'm gonna play in my brain and I'm gonna marry every single man on that pitch <laughs> it's great whatever's happening here is not for me all this no, yeah all no. this no I think one time I was sat down um like on the edge of, of the field and like a football literally planted on my face oh, I was no. like ah! <laughs> Because I was like on the stage somewhere in my brain. So embarrassing. I was 14. Hideous. Oh, worst time for that to happen. Yeah. And awful, also like, awful. I'm just thinking you're getting dragged to the football at 14 as well. That's, you don't mm. want to be doing that, do you? No. Tagging off to see I've got to keep mother company. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I remember being 14 and obsessed with football. It, it, it almost... Yeah, I've been so obsessed with football my entire life. Mm. I almost can't quite get my head around someone not being into football. But I think that's probably the same if you're obsessed with anything. Yeah. And it and it and it incompulates incompulates, that's not a word. And Encom it we'll keep we'll keep it. Incompulate. Incompulate. What am I trying to say? What am I trying to say? Incompulate. Uh, that, sounds like a, a nice hue of, of purple or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Incompulates yeah, yeah, purple. Yeah. Well, what am I trying to say? Encompasses. Encompasses. Encompulate. I wasn't even close. Oh my god, no. miles away. Compliment um, with complicated. <laughs> yeah. Encompulate. <laughs> wow. Um, what was I? What was the point I was making? Oh yeah, the I think football, yeah. Well, yeah. Encompasses. Yeah. That's right. But anything, if you're into, I just find it. It's, yeah. Yeah. And then if someone's not into it, it's very, especially at that age as well. I think it's very sort of. No, I can't, almost can't really sort of get my head around it. Yeah, but I look at my son who's seven and I just sort of signed him up for football every Saturday morning just to be a part of the school year because it's um, like girls play and boys play. So it's mm. a nice way of him to sort yeah. of connect with people. But he's like cantering away on the pitch and I'm like, he's a horse. 
he's an absolute horse right now. <laughs> and I can see him and his head sort of juts back and I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's gone full black beauty. Um, <laughs> past him like, oh my God, he's so like me. Um, but I like, I'll, I'm going to give it another year. I'm going to let him just play it out. And if, if he's still full canter, then I'll, I, we'll have to find something else. He's going to have to do a drama group and I'm going to have to just yeah. go with it. It's so funny because same, I've got two boys. I thought, uh, you know, I thought they'd be one of them might get into football, but no, they both hate football, and I like. I yeah, and and um, yeah, we tried to get my youngest to play football, and he just literally followed the ball around the pitch. I mean, he was just around and around. <laughs> it's like you you don't have to yeah. follow it around; you can leave it. Like there's other people in the team anyway. Um, yeah, no, now, no, at that age, they just they're like bees. They just yeah. hive around the ball, and you're yeah. like, spread out. Spread out, guys, <laughs> and they just don't get the game because they're six. I mean, yeah. it's quite funny. Well, it's because I, I take my daughter to Little Kickers on Saturday morning. She's two nice. this month, and I'm keen for her to be in football. Top. But it's because for the first few years, they're telling them, chase the ball, chase the ball, kick yeah. little kicks, kick the ball. So then, and then they're going, right, now everyone else is going to kick at the same time, and you can't kick it, even though I've told you for the last couple of years, kick the ball. <laughs> so it must be really confusing for them. Yeah. To actually try and work that out, but she's and also where the ball is—that's where the action is. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Always want to go yeah. where the action is. Why would they? The glory—the ball is a sort of sphere of glory, and you yeah. just want to be around it. Hundred percent. Sphere of glory. I'd watch that movie. Sphere, sphere of glory. Of glory. Oh, that sounds like a Will Ferrell kind of film, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, but yeah, Maria's also not um, too fussed about playing football either. But very, yeah. but very young. I mean, yeah. yeah, very young. We'll give it time. I, I mean, personally, I just think it's good for them to have uh, another authority figure outside of school teaching them how to listen. Like yeah. it's more about listening than actually being good at a sport. And like, yeah. can you follow direction? Can yeah, you work yeah. as a team? This is practicing, and hopefully, yeah. it'll, it'll help you in your classroom as well. Yeah, I've not. We have some really good coaches, Coach Kate, and then Coach Charlotte when she's not around, and they're so yeah. good at getting the little ones to listen to them which, it's which, amazing isn't it you're like, it's like how are they doing that no. <laughs> it's just... i'm like where's where's your pied pipe you, you're 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 magic you're <laughs> yeah, what have you done come on what's yeah. your secret yeah i just think they're amazing they're just i can't i can't control one toddler i can't I think they control... what they do you know you get those oranges i think they lace them with some kind of like mellow drug or something like my the oranges yet. Them. some cbt oh, really yeah 100 percent on the football or something <laughs> oh god no they're brilliant i think yeah anyone does anything like that i think is uh is a bloody miracle worker yes. so fair yeah. play to them because uh, it's yeah. fucking difficult so did you so you but did that, drama at school sorry. did you so i was gonna say you did did you you got into drama at school yeah well my mum was um the local costume mistress um ah. at our um at our amateur dramatics in rockley um so I would go to rehearsals watching all the adults in the mm. village, like give their best. Uh, Amdram is amazing. Oh, I was a, reared on it. It's such like, a it was... brilliant kind of, I know, I think people should, uh, why has anyone hasn't done like a docu-series on amateur dramatics? I don't know, that, is, like, that the, needs to be happen, I think. But I don't know if they exist like they used to in the 80s and 90s. I don't know. Like we, We've got one of... in our town. The, C- the Seaford Little Theatre, and it's it's like, and what's brilliant is you go in and they've, there's um, 
headshots of all the actors that have appeared. See, it's really serious now. So back oh, then there wouldn't have been headshots. I know, they but they take it very seriously. They're hilarious. The headshots are just so good. <laughs> because they're like, you know, obviously they're not professional headshots. So it's like, no. you know, someone's passport photo and... Um, <laughs> yeah it's exactly <laughs> like that oh it's so good but yeah sorry yeah going back yeah i guess the 80s they were probably more i don't know i hope i hope it's not a dying thing i hope it's still continue i hope people well, still get the thing it. about like my my memory of it is they were amateurs yeah like really bad and i think that yeah. i feel like this generation people are more learned and more yeah, like more. Well, i'm only going to do that if i'm good yeah. so you go to an amdrams now and you're like oh actually she could do a season <laughs> <laughs> you know i would i'd be like uh chill out guys they've yeah. got to be shit that's the whole yeah. point yeah of yeah. yeah and bits yeah. of bits of um scenery's got to fall over and yeah know. and people forget their lines and literally on stage go line and <laughs> totally fine. so my wife was in a production and one of the actors actually got stabbed um because they had a they had a paper opener you know one of those sort of knife paper openers and they had a scene where they had to open um this this envelope but then the guy had to sort of thrust the knife at one of the and he actually stabbed him in the shoulder and uh yeah they had to cancel the show see the subplot to that is someone was fucking his wife yeah, yeah. because there's always infidelity yeah no you're, you know, that that's probably yeah. true actually I, like when it was sort of middle-aged men doing amdrams i'm like well they're looking for pussy because why are you fucking here this is weird like, midlife crisis dodge. also when really bad middle-aged actors get really devery because they're in a yes. shit yeah. amdram that's yes. the best that real yeah. inner diva comes out. So, all right, oh, Steve. There's five people in the audience, mate. Chill out. Yeah, I mean, my mum would be at the like the the trenches of it because she'd be doing costumes, and people would be like, if they were playing like a wench, but like a like a like not an attractive character, but they'd still want their waist cinched in and all <laughs> yeah. of that. You're like, you know, so like you're not supposed to be attractive. <laughs> I think she would have a bigger decolletage. But no. <laughs> What kind of can you remember any of the on any of the shows that they put on? Oh god, I feel like like coming I literally can't remember. Daisy pulls it off. Yeah, every, um, like everywhere I, does that, doesn't er, it? Yeah, Daisy pulls it off. Arsenic and uh, Old Lace, they always used to do it. Oh, what the one in Yeah, season. yeah. Um I'm sure there was quite a lot of uh, fast. There was loads of Always farces, yeah. Yeah, lots of door slamming and yeah. things like that. And and then there'd be a lot of Dickens. A yeah. lot of, like Oliver, which I did actually give birth to my twin on stage, um, because he played Oliver because he had like the white hair and <laughs> um, and then I like literally I, like it was so weird like yeah let's cast an eleven year old to play his mum to give birth and then die on stage brilliant it's not a lo- um, not a very big role either because you're kind of not in it very long no no and then I I ca- I, ca- I came back I had multiple. Oh, we were in a chorus. Back as a maid. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I did like, yeah. And like Alice in Wonderland, I think I was like a, a kipper or, or a beaver or something. Like, <laughs> I was never a starring role. So, like, when I like, I would say, oh, I want to be an actress, it was kind of like, <laughs> because, like, I, I wasn't doing well in the school play. I would never, like, I would never play Mary or anything like that. Like, I was so unremarkable. But my granddad, for, for some reason, my granddad would always introduce me as Kerry the actress. So I had this title before my talent. 
really. <laughs> and I think that that was it that like made me have this full sense of hope of like, no, I'm an actress. I've been called an actress my whole life by this guy. He's like, there's our car, the actress. And I'm like, yep, better be that then. Yeah. Um, it, it bloody works. You know, if you keep telling someone, yeah, like, it was, yeah, you it was keep positive. Going. It was positive gaslighting. It was yeah. absolute positive gaslighting. <laughs> well, it's the first, it's the first sort of example like manifesting. Yeah. Because mm. no, no one else like in my, in my life, like at home or in school was like, oh yeah, you're an actress. It wasn't until I got to like my final year at school when we were doing this national youth theatre competition and our school was like, we we won the slot to perform at Chichester like festival. And I was like, oh my God. And I was one of the leads. And that was the first time that my granddad's manifestation of like, oh, she is, she's the lead now. (laughs) And it was going somewhere. And and all the school bullies and all the people that like didn't like me were like the next day after they saw me were like, oh, my God, you're incredible. And I was like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a shock to me because I've had this like old man, little four foot man, she's <laughs> So it was just like it was like coming home of like, well, I've been this the whole time. Just no one no one gave me a platform until Miss Mackey eventually gave me a crack at, at it. And uh and then I remember the second night thinking, what if I can't do it? Because it was such a surprise. The first night surprised everyone at school. And I was like overnight sensation at Perrin's, like secondary school. But it was like that, an overnight sensation. Kerry, ah, she's, yeah. she's arrived. Girl. She's arrived. <laughs> and, and then suddenly I was just about to step on stage and I suddenly had like, like I burst into tears and Miss Mackey dragged me into her, her office and was like, what's wrong? I was like, I can't, what if I can't do it again? I can't, I can't, I can't. Everyone thinks I'm so good and I, I can't. And I just was having a, a panic attack basically. Yeah. And she just held me and looked me in her, and she had the most beautiful eyes. Like they were like purple blue. It was insane, her eyes. And they were huge. She just was like, you are an actress. Like it was just so like, and that was the arrow. Not only my granddad did me did that to me, but then someone of authority, the drama teacher, mm-hmm. Maki, um, she hit me with it, and then it was like my heart just went, "Yep, this is who I am. This wow. is where I'm seen." And it, it just every fiber of my like being was just alive for the first time, and it was just to have value and to mm. own your talent and it be accepted is the most intoxicating thing and addictive thing like whew. have you still got miss Mackey's number because i need her for this gig tonight possibly to oh, grab me well, and say you are uh, a comedian into my face <laughs> so the saddest thing is miss Mackey had breast cancer and she passed oh, while i was no. at university oh, so no. she she never knew that i crossed the line i mean it didn't it, it i was 27 before i got on telly but yeah that's my I'm like I hope like she's looking down on me yeah. but it's, it's such a shame because she was such a wonderful teacher and I think she she did that to a lot of people yeah. a lot of underdogs she inspired them and, and allowed them to be seen and took a chance on some kids that weren't really like doing so well mm. so she was a wonderful teacher that's what yeah. that's what teaching is though isn't it that's exactly what teaching is giving yeah kids who are underdogs is a good way of describing it that chance to shine that is exactly yeah. a good teacher it's funny on this podcast that happens a lot of people guests come on and talk about that one sort of 
mentor or person or teacher yeah. they can always remember there's someone who did something like that to give yeah. them that spark and yeah. yeah it happens a lot these people in our lives that come in and just give us this little push yeah um, which really affects you know where we are decades later oh 100 like if I didn't have my granddad and Miss Mackey I don't think I would have had that arrogance to think that I could do this career because I had no, nobody in the family was an actor. Nobody in the family was in showbiz. Um, Russell didn't start doing stand up until he was 18. But but again, it was just pubs and it, like nobody took it seriously. So it was a it was an, like when I would say, oh, I want to be an actress. Everyone was like, yeah, great. That. like it was yeah. an impossible thing like I had more chance of joining the army really they're like you like being told what to do <laughs> like, <laughs> genuinely like I remember my twin brother just sort of like looking at me like I was mid-20s not doing so well and he was just like why don't you join the army because you know you've got army girl of the week when you're 15 and you know you do like being told what to do I was like um uh, being in the army and being an actor <laughs> yeah. you are a part of a troop I mean and it's a costume I get it I get it um but no no I didn't I didn't go down the army route I would have been good though I would have been a fucking great soldier um but yeah oh man I wonder what I'd have been like in the army I think I'd have probably been quite bad you never you never know I might have been amazing you just Who don't know, know. You don't I think know until structure you know, mm. you got to wake up at like six o'clock, make your bed. You go, like, you don't, I don't think you have much time to navel gaze. So I think a lot of people like don't have existential crisis because they're so fucking busy of doing things. Oh, Maybe you have a meltdown yeah. eventually, but. This is really weird. <laughs> With because, a weapon. Um, you saying that, Jim, because I've just remembered um, when I was about 17, I was sort of flunking out of college and I got a phone call at home and it was. Um, some recruitment officer for the like paratroopers or something, and I was like, "Oh, hello!" And I was like, "Wow!" Right. Anyway, it turned out it transpired that my dad had rung up the army recruitment people and said, "My son's like he he needs some structure in his life. He's not doing very well. I think could you give him a could you try and get him? Basically, he was trying to sign me up to the army. Wow." Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, I remember thinking, what the, f um, yeah, no, I'm not, it's not really my bag, I don't think. Um, yeah, and, and then all this stuff came through the post. It was all like, yeah, my dad had signed like, signed up for like loads of information on me getting into the mm. army. Be the better you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it well, is. Oh, thanks a lot, it's Dad. It's so seductive. It's well, so yeah, but there. I remember feeling quite embarrassed because I'd, I'd be terrible in the army. And yeah, uh, yeah. And, th and also thanks for like kind of running my life. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like the threat of going to army school being a big threat in the 80s and 90s mm. maybe maybe just in my family I feel like my brother my dad threatened my brother to go to army school when he was misbehaving so wow. it, was, it was definitely sort of I may have made that up but I feel that feels like <laughs> something that would that might have happened um so yeah there's definitely sort of the threat of army school hanging over which um it didn't very fair on people that do go I'm I sure mean I'm I sure guess I mean, guess that's the overhang of like national service yeah like, of course yeah they, yeah they would have grown up with their parents being forced to do it yeah so then yeah. that would have had yeah. their parents would have probably said you should go to the army yeah and all yeah. of that so that's Actually, probably what, you know what I was just when you're talking earlier about Am Dram I was just thinking 
because I never did Amdram. Like, I was a very, very shy kid. And I think actually mm. looking back, I would have probably benefited from doing it for a bit. Yeah. They should make Amdram national service. <laughs> so everyone at some point yeah. has to go and do one, yeah. maybe Just two, one production, two. yeah. Just one production. production. I think everyone would benefit from it, even like the shyest kid or, or the naughtiest kid or, or adult, whatever. Just, I, mean, you know. I don't know, because I remember like there'd be some kids that were forced to go because like, the mum was like a repressed actress. And <laughs> yeah, then, exactly. Like, yeah. I remember this one girl, it was, it must have been Alice in Wonderland because she had to be a lobster. And my mum made them and the most amazing lobster costume. But this girl, she just, she didn't want to be seen. She was just mm. so uncomfortable in her skin. And I remember just thinking it was cruel. It was just cruel. Yeah, she was yeah. just like, don't, don't make her the lobster. For Christ's sake, just give her the maid. Give her the maid one line. And but she had this big monologue and it was just, it was so mean. I was like, I was there chomping at the bit going, I'll be the lobster. I'll be the lobster, please. I can't just die in the first act. I'm getting Oliver confused now. They're all one. They're all one now. Wow. Yeah, maybe it'd be cruel. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's an idea, but I just, it, it, yeah. I think some people genuinely there and i find it weird some people don't like attention <laughs> i know <laughs> who are these people it, but I'm, you know maybe they're getting more rare but like yeah it's um you can see it you can see how uncomfortable like one of my best friends uh susan turnbull who got me into uh the comedy world she hates being center of attention like hates it she's very happy being the audience um which I find weird. I do yeah, find yeah. weird because I'm like, come on, come on. But she's not not her thing. She's a facilitator. Yeah, I get that. I think I I think I do and don't like center, being center of attention. Mm. If that makes sense, like I, yeah. I sort of do on my own terms. Yeah. No, but I also sometimes really like I find like talking to people in the street really awkward, and that's not not quite center of attention. But you are sort of on show. A Is that the sort yeah. of shooting the shit type stuff though? Because that can be quite painful sometimes can't it yeah not yeah. in a horrible way. i just meant like you're just trying to find something to talk about well you're either happy to chat with someone and you have a genuine connection where like you can talk forever or it is like pulling hairs yeah and and when you can feel how awkward it is and in your head you're like please don't think i'm horrible please don't think i'm, yeah, exactly. oh, I'm bored yeah. of you uh yeah, i'm just exactly. trying oh. i hate that because i can see myself pushing a conversation too far because some somebody's just just want to say hi but because i'm uncomfortable in silence i'm like filling it and asking them questions trying to seem like a nice person oh, <laughs> really well, the, i'm a cunt yeah where the, the worst thing is when you start to pass someone you know and you say hi and then you both mm. slightly stop <laughs> and then turn to one another <laughs> yeah. and then another and then a conversation ensues and it's always terrible it's always a terrible yeah. conversation because in in theory both of you have thought i'm just going to say hello and we're going to keep walking. Yeah, but yeah. You've yeah. kind of like something like it's almost like kind of some aura is attached between you, and you can't, and yeah. you're dragged back to one another. Yeah, that's always the awkward ones I find. Yeah, it's just when they run out of steam, the conversation. It's just yeah. I don't, never yeah. know how to end things. Like if I'm at a party, I never say goodbye. I just go because oh, yeah. I hate goodbyes. Yeah, I can yeah. hate them. That's the best way to leave a party. 100%. Yeah, just when everyone's drunk, about yeah. slip away. Block, yeah, nobody gives a shit that you've no gone. One, thank you. No one, that is yeah, completely agree. Irish goodbying is how I've heard it oh. called, but I'm sure it's got various other 
heaven. I love that. The Irish goodbye. Irish goodbye. Oh. Irish goodbye. Yeah. Leave them wanting more. Yeah, exactly. Always, always. Exactly. Always leave them wanting more. I'm the opposite in conversations on the street because I get really awkward that I'm going to ask the wrong question. Even if I know that it's like a neighbor and they know they've got a five year old daughter, I'll always I'll always be hesitant saying, So how's your daughter? Because it might they might be a son. I might got it completely wrong. I'm always really worried about getting that question wrong and then like making them awkward. So I end up just sort of not really saying anything and just having extended small talk. Whereas I would like to ask more questions because I think asking questions is a good way of having a conversation yeah. people like to be asked yeah. about themselves yeah but i get oh i get so awkward i'm gonna ask i forget people's question. names which is mm. awful so it's a lot of she's and you's and yeah. oh, what are they like <laughs> yeah. so you're like going i'm pretty sure it's mark it's i'm pretty sure it's mark it might be mike yeah. it could be mike but it, if you just say mate it's all mark. right isn't it you yeah, can say mate yeah. man and then mm, someone yeah. will come along and be like oh hi mark and then you just like overuse their name yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> great to see you, mark first, been lovely like, catching up mark. yeah great mark you're like oh. <laughs> so true i will actually i've got a slight uh, sort of um awkward friendship update because on a pod a few oh, God, <laughs> okay. months ago was it a few months ago giles i was talking about i wanted to get to know my neighbor so my next one a really yeah. nice guy Steve? No, he's not Steve. Steve's two doors down. Okay. Steve's great. I won't say my neighbor's name, but he's a really nice guy. And a few years older than me, got slightly older kids, but just like just got a really nice, gentle energy, energy about him. Yeah. And I really want to be his friend. Because <laughs> we live next door to each other and we will do for the foreseeable, hopefully. But I get I'm awkward about approaching and saying hello and, and i've walked past him a few times while i've been running and he's been walking his dog and it's always been like oh, 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 oh. never quite the moment is it a bit like your year seven and he's in sixth form <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly is that. It that energy? <laughs> yeah yeah, and I, yeah. Um, but he's a cool sixth former he's not like a dick he's like yeah, you know one of yeah. the like nice ones that would actually would give time give to you the five year minutes. seven yeah. yeah yeah five minutes yeah but actually we my wife and i went over the other day to talk about a, another thing well building work and stuff i had a really nice chat like about a sort of 25 minute chat oh, and it was just nice and it was nice yeah and it was really it, it was still a bit awkward in moments but it felt like yeah and i said to him i've got because i got i got some beer in the in the cabin here that i don't really drink it but i got sent it by a beer company so i'm going to take it over and then give him the beer and then i might i might i'm considering at that moment your way to him over at some point and say if you want to come around and we can well, you can drink the beer. I don't drink beer, but you know, yeah, using it. As a I'll moment. go around with some seeds and go. We're going to grow something. And like what friendship? <laughs> and then just walk away and then backwards. The door, keeping the, eye contact. the door closes very he's rapidly. Been, yeah, he's got, yeah. He's got quite a long drive and a really awkward gait as well. So keep the just eye walk contact. Walk backwards. Keep yeah. the whole time doing <laughs> that. To, whole do time. Blowing kisses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh god, he's so nice. I think that actually probably wouldn't even be an issue. He'd, he'd yeah. Well, find it endearing. That. Does it feel like a weight has lifted? A little I mean, bit. You look yeah. ten foot taller, Jim. Yeah. Do I? <laughs> no, does he listen? Nice <laughs> he listen? I hope not. <laughs> he doesn't. But my handyman, our handyman, um, Matt listens, and Matt, I don't know Matt knows him. Anyway, hi Matt. Matt listens to the podcast. Hi Matt. Top man, <laughs> absolutely top man. The best handyman in the Cheshire area. Um, nice. But yeah, so I feel. Yeah, it's nice to, it's just nice to have a connection with someone or just. Yeah, especially someone who lives so close, but it's nice because then you're like, yeah. hey, we live here. Yeah, and you don't have to be, you don't have to be best friends, but I think it is, I, I like the idea of being on good, friendly terms with my neighbours. I just think it's. Yeah. And all, they all seem like nice people. It's a bit so. different yeah. now, I think, with neighbours. We don't, I don't know if we socialise with our neighbours as much as maybe we used to. I mean, general, I'm just yeah. like a general yeah. thing. Mm. 
it, I think it depends where you live. I think if you live in a cul-de-sac, I think it is cultivated. Like you have to be a part of the street. Mm. But I think if you live in a big city and terraces, it's like too much. There's too many people yeah. and you've got your clique already. So you're like, I haven't got any more room for people. Yeah. Like pussy neighbours. Yeah, I think, it, yeah. I, I grew up in a cul-de-sac actually in, uh, yeah. in Edenbridge in Kent and... Um... Yeah, everyone's very familiar. <laughs> possibly overly familiar now. Look back yeah, possibly. Wonder. Yeah, 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 I do. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think so. But you don't. You can never know. You can never know. Actually, the no, thing is, was... it no, there's an affair in the street and it can ruin it. It can ruin the dynamic of the cul-de-sac. Kill the vibe. Kill the vibe completely. And it always happens. I think there yeah. was. I think months I ago, bet there was. was. I put my money on it. <laughs> I was about to say someone's name there as well, and I'm not going to. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't do name. that. Or numbers. No, I think that, I don't know. I think there was. But oh, like, I had an auntie who lived in a cul-de-sac, and there was like four of them, all best friends, all mums, and then two sets of neighbours that lived together, Some, lived next to each other. Something happened, mm. and then from that day on, they never talked to each other, oh, but they were God. all friends with everyone. So they had to have independent coffee meetings oh, and all of that. No. But it was like, it was like, like a 20 year, like myth. Like I still, to this day, I'm like, what happened between those two? But like every summer we'd go up and visit and be like, any news? <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant, but it was just, it was horrific. So like, you're grown ass women. And like yeah. nobody, there was no resolution. There was no, there was, if, if, if I think if we knew, we probably could have broken it down and gone, oh, that's not really a reason to be like not talking to each other mm. when you live next to each other. I mean, the oh. effort, the effort it takes to ignore someone. Oh, it's, it's so, it's so hard. Mm. It's easier just to go, right? Yeah. yeah. But I do respect it. I mean, God, that's great drama. Oh, it is, isn't it? I mean, imagine you go out the door and you get, and, and, and it's just like, you can see whenever I've ignored people in the past it's a yeah you've got to make a big performance of it you've got to show that person yeah. that you're not talking to them yeah. so you have to sort of like be a my martyr and do a big u-turn like, god it's so good <laughs> it's true though isn't it it's so true really that the energy i really we, want to know what happened yeah the energy we put into ne- into sort of yeah into like kind of negativity and stuff it does talk going back to social media earlier it's like that is it is hard work being like that i think yeah and i think that's why i like instagram is because i'm lucky that my followers tend to be just lovely people i think no i don't think i've had one negative comment on instagram so that's why i, I it's my boyfriend that's why mm. i love it but twitter I, prob- I have had a few mm. like it's hard to avoid tell me that yeah it's but i'm a bad actress and things like that you're like oh god um yeah yeah twitter is I don't think I've had a bad comment on Instagram either, actually. I think it's a, a genuinely a happy magazine. Mm. That, why? That. Why? Why are, are people nicer on Instagram? It doesn't make any sense. Why do they feel like I'm going to open Twitter today and be a right dick? I'm not opening Instagram. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be really nice. I'm going to be really nice. I, don't know. I, I think it's because it's the picture, it's picture led, isn't it? Yeah. So pi- pictures, generally, people want to look attractive, and looking attractive generally is a nice, happy energy. Like if you see an angry, volatile face, that's ugly energy. It's not. It's not pretty. So I think probably because of that superficial, like it's a pretty magazine yeah. to look at. Mm. Then you can't really follow it with a <laughs> like. I'm not. I'm not, not going to say anything, but something literally yeah. underneath. Yeah. Mm. So that'd be quite funny. 
Do you find? Yeah, true. Yeah. Do you find we've had this conversation with a few act- actors and actresses? Is that it, it's kind of essential to have social media now with the, within the industry? Yeah. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I, I do. I, th- I think it's really great for like promoting work and stuff, and especially stuff that is low budget and needs a little boost. It's really good. Um, but it also it gives fans access to you, which mm. is really nice, especially if you're a screen actor. You know, you don't have the audience applauding you. So you don't hear that feedback mm. from your from the people that are genuinely enjoying yeah. you. You only get it from the execs or the crews. And it's so you're so detached from the audience that actually Instagram and Twitter is is like you're in on the stage and you actually have tactile. You can have conversations with fans sometimes and it's quite nice. Sometimes it's a bit creepy, <laughs> um, but <laughs> It, it, it's nice to kind of go oh yeah people do like me that's that's cool that's the reason why i do this yeah we just, yeah well, do you ever get the thing where i get it sometimes um i've quite young followers on my instagram because i'm I have a youtube channel and like mm. they'll message me saying like oh, i like love this video or can you do a song about this whatever and i'll be like yeah maybe and they're like oh my god you replied i think yeah well why yeah of course i'm gonna reply like, I'm not gonna yeah leave unless you're gonna call me a something rude course i'm going to reply even just say literally saying thanks or hello literally takes yeah. two seconds but i just find yeah. it yeah they were like oh my god i can't believe you replied it's just i don't know interesting interesting energy it is it is and sometimes i will like i do usually sort of say if someone says something really nice i'm like oh thanks that's really nice and and then they then you hook them in and you're like ah <gasps> yeah. uh, yeah. yeah i was only trying to be nice but i don't yeah. actually have <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't want to know about your mum Oh Christ! Oh God! <laughs> oh, we're going for coffee next week. Oh, oh Christ! Yeah. <laughs> oh God! It's a fine line. It's a fine line of being nice and is. being guarded because you there's only so yeah. much you can give. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, you just exhaust yourself. And not feeling guilty about having a line. Yeah. For yourself. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that's I, important. Yeah. So we still want to be liked. We still want people to like us. But like. Yeah. You have to be. Yeah, you totally right. Have but, to be careful about but also it. as a parent, because you outpour so much of your energy outward. You're giving so much love and you're not you're not getting much in return because they're just children and they don't have empathy yet. That's something you've got to teach them. Yeah. So the first foundational years is like, oh, I'm just giving, giving, giving. So then on that side, if I treat Instagram like like how I treat my my children, which is love, 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 you your cup is empty. You need yeah. to kind of like bring it back and Look after yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's true. It can be hard though. It's hard if you're mm. looking, if you're having a bad day or you feel like, oh God, I am shit at what I do or whatever, or nervous about Yeah. You, and you sometimes you're looking for it. Yeah. But when I'm in those moods, when I'm, when I'm having a sort of a, a I would say a non energetic day, mm. I don't engage in Instagram. I wouldn't, I won't post. If I'm not posting, it's because either I'm busy. Or I just don't feel inspired, and 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 then I just allow I allow that. Though it usually takes two three days for that funk, and then it just passes. And then you're like, okay, back to normal, feel good. I might do a little funny picture, done, and then attend to work and all of that and stuff. Do Do you have anything else that gets you through those non energetic days? Such a good way to describe it. Yeah, um, I think I'm having one today. I think it's just nerves about this gig, gig tonight, but I'm definitely having a sort of sort of. It's like a, September. Lethargic. It's the new September. school term. It's mm. a really weird anxiety-inducing time because yes. you're like you're not quite you know 
it, you're beginning something, but it's not quite happening yet. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, actually, the new school term I hadn't really thought about that because I get I get weirdly nervous driving my daughter to nursery. And I don't. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't. I don't know if I think because I'm slightly sort of worried that I might like like go in the wrong door at nursery or something or because mm. I have obviously protocols of wait it's like a one-way system and stuff I'm slightly worried I might get it wrong or forget yeah. to ask the the teachers there something about whatever I don't know but yeah I get really or maybe it's a school thing I don't know I just get I get a sort of weird sort of nervous heartbeat it is to it is a weird thing it's like you don't realize how how much um trauma that you haven't dealt with from your school years and so when, as an adult when you go back to school all that's coming back like like all the teachers that called you stupid and all of that mm. and you're like <laughs> still got some stuff here guys yeah, yeah. you're just here to drop off and all of that but you also feel judged as a parent as well of kind of like your kid has to do well and if the kid's not doing well and not not settled well it's not their fault it's your fault that kind of paranoia state you're like oh god you think I'm a good person parent it's like being sort of yeah. back at parent school again it is it is it's like parent school yeah going, doing this the drop off yeah you're like oh and then you got the playground you got the playground, a whole new yeah. kind of can of worms you haven't got there yet yeah. jim but there's the the dynamic within the playground is always interesting yeah. and i'm a shouty mum. like if i see my kids about to like walk into peril i will shout and i have my voice does travel <laughs> um, I'm trained. I'm trained. <laughs> you know, supported by my diaphragm. Yeah. Um, and I could feel like I feel embarrassed that I've done that. But then I just think, well, no, no, I'd stop them and they need to know and they need to be told off. And the, I, I don't know whether it's modern parenting, but I, I see a lot of parents that just like their kid can be doing something really naughty and they just kind of like look at the other parent and roll their eyes of like, <laughs> what they're like and I'm like no go there do the difficult thing where you look like you know it's not nice shouting or 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 stopping someone's fun but it's not cool but you have to kind of do it to give them boundaries otherwise we're gonna have a whole load of generation of narcissists like honestly narcissists are bred it's not innate it it comes from parenting how people parent Oh, oh, don't God. get me started. Oh, don't God. get me started. <laughs> oh, no. But it's boundaries. And I think we we spoil our kids because we, we love them and we make them feel that they're entitled and then, you know, the center of the universe. But we, you know, with that, it's also you have to kind of go, but you're not more important. Mm-hmm. There are others around you. You have to take your turn. And there's loads of mixed mm-hmm. messages to kids. And it must be such a confusing time for them because they're like, what? But I thought I was the center of your universe and, and now I'm not allowed to, like, Get oh, yeah. in front of like the first um, cue. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, we've always been pretty firm with our kids, but and I and I say to them like the only times really I shout at them if they're gonna get if they're gonna be killed, you know, if like yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm stopping you from being killed basically. Yeah. And that's the yeah. only reason, or you're or you're being antagonistic, or you're being mean. Yeah. So you said the only yeah. times you can't, they're they're pretty justified. Yeah. Moments to be cross, I think. And, and, and Wesley, Wesley is very mild, is very emotionally astute. He always afterwards like, did you shout at me because you were afraid that something bad would happen yeah. to me? And I was like, yes, Wesley. Yes, because I love you so much. Yeah. Like, oh my God. It comes from, um, from a good place. That, yeah, that, yeah, that, it's, that, yeah, it's yeah, always yeah. coming from love. Yeah. 
um God, they just they just test you don't they it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah it's mad I would never like but an adult like they are aware of consequences so an adult wouldn't run out into a road mm. like a busy traffic they just wouldn't do that you wouldn't yeah. have to go shout Giles! <laughs> <laughs> well uh <laughs> but no I totally agree I totally agree yeah it's um it's it's interesting, pairing because obviously we're, we're I'm heading into my wife and I are heading into like the teenage years. I you know got fourteen wow. and twelve year old, and and actually so far it's been okay. They've been apart from sort of you know anxiety stuff, which is pretty understandable given the last eighteen yeah. months. Eighteen months, um, yeah. There's not been any kind of attitude stuff yet, um, yeah. which I'm quite pleased about. And I know like it it is a bit different sometimes with boys, so they can be a bit more sullen and take mm. themselves off and stuff, but. Um, yeah, it's just every every day is something new. You learn something new about it. It's um, it's a fascinating journey. Yeah, oh god, <laughs> it's terrifying. Oh my god, <laughs> it is terrifying. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, I've got full responsibility of two yeah. people, <laughs> yeah, two yeah. human beings. Oh my god, but then it's like it's their journey and like it's their life to you know make wins and make mistakes and you know that's not my responsibility. And like you gave birth to the children, you, you support, you give them shelter, you, you give them love. But ultimately, they're not your possessions. They are their own people and yeah. they have to go out there and live their life, don't they? And that's that. And you can't that's take right. it yeah. on and go, it's because I did this, because it's not about you. And I think quite a lot of parents do think it's always about them. Yeah. And you're like, no. Kerry, have you started saying yeah. stuff that you heard your parents saying to you? Um, I'm tr- like, I mean, I remember when we were little, we wouldn't eat our food. Like, you know, there's kids starving in Africa. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I don't say that. I, I think it. Put, the, it's like, yeah, yeah. put YouTube on, but show I, them a few videos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but I try not, put, try not put any pressure on food. Yeah. I just think food and, like, mental health is yeah. a bit of a hot yeah i think it's like they 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 eat when they eat and sometimes they don't want to eat meat especially meat i think because it's hard to chew and kids are like naturally yeah. lazy so they want soft food um but like yeah I, i'm yeah yeah i can't think of anything mainly i just go stop it <laughs> yeah. stop it i find yeah. i find i'm saying no all the time and i really don't yeah, say no. want to yeah. but i know that you have to i do understand you have to and she's not doing things to like wind me up she's doing things because she's a toddler and she's just testing her environment yeah. and, but god i feel like i say no and i, I have mean, varying degrees saying, of no. uh, i mean what i'm saying at the moment i look at my four-year-old and i'm like are you making a good choice <laughs> <laughs> and he'll just look at me and be like yeah yeah <laughs> he's like just, it doesn't work. That's like, no. like that left field of parenting. I mean, I like saying it because it, it makes me like it, it amuses me. Like, is that a good choice? I'm gonna. I'm choice? so using that. I'm gonna week. use that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, I know she'll just say yes because she likes saying it. She, she, yeah. she knows that yes gets a better response from mum and dad than no, so she'll just say yeah. yes to stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we'll try. But that again, one. I bet you're saying no because you don't want her to hurt herself, or you know, yeah, it's it's she's trying to pull something down. Exactly. So it's, or, you know, it's, again, it's yeah. because of that sort of safety element that you're. You yeah. Know, that, like we just, I guess it's you know, it's that innate thing with we want to like them, we want them to survive. Yeah, and I'm getting because like Wesley is seven. I'm getting a lot of why, why yeah. after I've sort of said, 
and it, literally this is what my mum always because I said so and like that's <laughs> yeah. the final straw and yeah. it doesn't actually make any sense Just because. because I'm a dictatorship <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is why <laughs> oh I know it is it's a it's a wonderful thing but yes a challenging and um and rewarding one as well yeah yeah, yeah definitely um, I just see the time. Blimey, we're coming up to an hour already. This has actually flown by, Kerry. You've been... Oh, I'm a chair. Yeah, <laughs> it's, been, it's been really, really nice. Like, we haven't really talked too much about your career, to be honest. We sort of started off, didn't we, at school and acting, and then we've gone down yeah. lots of lovely tangents, including me talking about my neighbour. <laughs> um, <so, laughs> just making it all about me, as usual. Um, yeah. have, have you, I mean, to bring it back on, I guess, sort of brand of the podcast and blank and mm. stuff, have you had any sort of moments in work situations where things have gone blank and you've I don't know had to sort of work through a moment or something like that and how have you got through it definitely my early years in acting because it took me so long like I wasn't I was 27 till I was like on uh, working um but but my first experience was was so beautiful but then halfway through it um it was a live studio sitcom with um Reggie Perrin with Martin Clunes so we had the audience and we had the set. So it was like best of both, you know. Yeah. And I and I and there was a warm-up, Adrian Poynton, who I knew from the stand-up world. And we uh, he would like warm up the audience, and because we knew each other, we would have a little bit of bounce. So then like the audience would like me, and I just felt like I felt so electric and on fire. Like I would win the audience over. And before even doing Vicky, and then I would do a first line of Vicky, and every line of Vicky was a punchline. So mm. I was gifted with that. It was a very easy part for me to play. And um, and I remember the next day, the director sort of pulled me aside. And this is after sort of three weeks of my first gig, and I'm smashing it. And um, he pulled me aside and he said, I just want to remind you, Kerry, you're not the star, okay? And I went bright red. Oh. I felt so ashamed and humiliated because I just thought, but that's what I, that's what I was supposed to do. I was yeah. supposed to, this is the whole point. The reason why I'm here, I'm supposed to shine and like a butterfly and like, you know, be like become this, this shiny diamond for people to love and enjoy, like as all the, the whole cast. Yeah. And, and then this, this director was just very much of the hierarchy of like your, you know, you're number five in, in the cast list. Like, what, what are you doing talk to, talking to the audience? Don't talk to the audience, concentrate on your job. And I just was just, because I remember be, feeling mortified that like, fair enough if I wasn't delivering, if I was like muffing my lines and just not hitting my mark and just being shit at my job, but I was nailing my job. So the other like acting up with the audience in between when it was dead, I thought, well, what's, where's the harm in that? But yeah. That was my first moment of the being quashed in the industry and having a real, it had a real visceral effect on me emotionally because I felt like that as a young girl with my brothers. Like every time I would sort of show off in front of my parents, they would quash me down. So it was a like, that guy could have just been like, just been too loud. But for me, I layered it with a load of childhood of like, be quiet, don't take space. Like, reduce yourself because you're not you're not as good as you think you are so just wind it down and that that really did affect me affect my confidence so when I went into the next job I had that kind of like don't don't be too much because mm. they'll call it they call it out so it took a while 
for me to gain my confidence and and luckily I met some amazing producers that were just like you know spread your, spread your wings because yeah. Yeah. there's more to you and I got lucky then and if I hadn't have met those producers then I probably would have just crashed and just fallen out of the industry but yeah that was that was not a nice moment I was so I was so on top of myself like I was yeah. so happy and someone just came along and just cut my blue balloon string because I was yeah. flying yeah that's really unfair because you doing those bits in between and playing with the audience that was bringing out the best in you if that's what yeah. you know you did yeah. to bring out the best in you then yeah and, and if the audience having a good time that's the other thing yeah. as well for entertainment if the audience are having a good time don't fucking change what you're doing like yeah. It, yeah. it's all good yeah and like Nick Mohammed and Jim Howick they never got like pulled aside and they do exactly the same so it just did feel like okay the, the girl can't do this but the guys yeah. can and yeah. I love them they are gorgeous and they were very supportive of me and they did not think it was cool that that happened um but yeah it was yeah that was a moment of like oh, fuck yeah it's re- I would I would yeah I've really struggled that, that sounds yeah horrible. yeah and I've had directors sort of say to me that like your solar plexus is off and I'd be like uh right. what's what's that <laughs> <laughs> right I mean and then and then it's like and action you're like what the fuck am I supposed to do with that my solar plexus is off like shit like you can't change that like whatever that is oh, what, I don't even know what that means so that's your inner energy like that's the core of you apparently your solar it's plexus. off <laughs> so if that is off then well you shouldn't come to work like for fuck's sake <laughs> It sounds like oh, a, it seems like a, such a, an extreme way to. I don't know. It doesn't seem like the right way to get the best work out of someone. No, yeah. no. And it's and sometimes it is psychological warfare. Like a director will not say something to you, give you no notes, and then like you can see them look at the monitor and just go like that. And then you, oh, they could be. No, but they could be thinking like the set looks shit or yeah. the light. Yeah, like yeah. it could be something totally. But because you're not having communication. Yeah. You, if you're insecure, layer that of, oh, yeah. I'm shit, they hate me, I'm going to yeah. get fired. Yeah. I did the exact same. I would make, I would 100% internalize that and be like, well, yeah. that's obviously me that was fucking that up and not the 100 other variables yeah. in the room right now. Yeah. Well, I was, I was fired from him and her. Like, we did the pilot, um, we got the series, and then some friends of mine were like, oh, I'm awkward, Terry. I'm, I'm going up to play Laura, your part. And I was like, what? What what now? And then I rang up my agent. I was like, yeah, um, they're they're like they're looking to recast. I was and I was like, I'll I'll audition again. I'll audition again. She's like, no, we're gonna tell them to fuck off. How dare they? And I was like, no, I'm gonna I'll audition again. Like, this is my part. I'm gonna fucking fight for it. And I had to re-audition for Laura so I could do it. I mean, but it was hideous. It was hideous. Well, I won the part back and then I got back on the set day one looking around the room and I was like, someone here didn't want me here. <laughs> yes. Oh God. Yeah. I got to rat out this mole somehow. Yeah. I mean, I mean luckily. I could say that's incredible, incredibly courageous to go back in and, and, you know, fight for the role. Cause you, you know, you mm. desperately wanted it. But that's really amazing. But at the same time, it must've been a very emotional time for you. Well, it was kind of like, who the fuck am I to think that I shouldn't have to do that kind of thing. I've always had to, to, I've always had a wall in, in my career. There's always been, there's been huge instances where it's like, this is not going to happen. Someone's actively like tried to 
fire me from an Edinburgh show before and it's just like oh god like I've had awful things but I still kind of think no no she's an actress my granddad says I'm <laughs> yeah, an yeah, yeah 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 so I, I will keep on going and like whether it's madness or just like resilience I don't know what but I knew that that part was mine and I knew that Laura was special and I just I, I knew I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't allow pride uh, to get in the way of an amazing opportunity because uh, you know no one was bending over going oh my god you're so amazing it was it was just like mm, we don't know if you're good enough and I had to just right I'll prove you wrong I'll prove you wrong and the whole the whole series was that like I'll prove you wrong I'll mm. prove you wrong and she just got better and better and better um yeah but I think if that hadn't happened I don't know if my character would have so much hate <laughs> like <laughs> she laura's angry like she just gets angrier and angrier and it, it's because of that like i was fired <laughs> <laughs> i do think sort of the entertainment industry does give you a lot of those moments where to, to try and prove people wrong there, there's a lot of like moments where you think i could i could just sort of wilt away now and just and i normally do actually but like yeah because there's 10 people that are more talented than you that can do that job yeah that's the thing you know you're replaceable and uh, it, it's like but why but why so you just have to just like yeah. hold on to this sinking ship and be like no 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 gonna, <laughs> I'll, I'll patch it i'll patch the titanic it's fine we're not we are not going down <laughs> yeah i just think anyone that's working in in, in the industry has resilience anyway because you just you have to to keep yeah surviving that or they, they they're self-harmers they enjoy it yeah yeah maybe they enjoy rejection like over and over again oh, god. <laughs> god who yeah. are these maniacs yeah <laughs> uh, how are you what are you like with that though with rejection are you, are you... now it's easier because I, it, there's so many, <laughs> so many. <laughs> um no because because i'm a full-time mum um, and even if it's stuff that I'm like, I've worked really hard to, and I've, I've got down to like between me and someone else and I don't get it. That's, that for me is easier to take because it's like, it's not because I wasn't good. It's just, I didn't maybe physically look right for the part, but I was good. Um, and then I'll look at the dates and I'll go, do you know what? That would have interfered with that holiday. Mm. That the school run would have been a nightmare. I fucking love being with my kids. So it's fine. While they're yeah. young, that's fine. So before, without the children, and I'd look into the empty calendar and there'd be nothing for me to do, then I did struggle and I, you know, would not eat and then I would overeat. And, you know, that's how I sort of like, because in my brain, it's like, well, it's because I'm fat. So I'm not getting the parts because I'm fat. Now it's, I know it's, it's got nothing to do with any of that. It's just, it's not my parts. You know, and you've always got someone else's job. Like there'll be a actress, yeah. there'll be a couple of actresses that were like, I'm fucking Laura. I was Laura, you know, and you weren't babe. And it's fine. <laughs> it's all it's all impermanent anyway. So you can't really have a sense of um pomposity about it at all because it just it's so transient in the moment. You play yeah. a part, you have a lovely time, and then it's gone. Yeah. So you just have to kind of the real stuff for actors and performers is put value in your home life because mm. you know your family are going to hold your hand when you're on your deathbed, not your career. Your your job isn't going to do that. 
and yeah. that's what's more important to me so true so, so true. <laughs> it's so true. But also, if you're happier in your home life, my wife has told this by someone at some point. If you're happier in your home life, then your work is better anyway. Yes. Or you'll you'll probably be more open to opportunities, or, or just yeah, things will come and go, and you'll be sort of more sort of free and easy with it if you are just sort of happier with your base, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And 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 you're bearable. You're you know people enjoy your company. It's yeah, it's it can be very self-indulgent to be a performer. So I think it's nice to have a family around you to ground you and make it not about you. So then you don't really care if you don't get a job because it's not important. It's okay, it's fine. And then when you do get a job, it's lovely. It's it's like a cherry because everything else is cool. And then I love it. I do love it. I do at the moment I've been taking um just bit parts like daily roles because then I can like be full time and then every now and again, like once a month, I'll be on set. And I love that. I love that it doesn't impinge on my life at the moment because they're so young. Um, and it's nice to go on set. But if I was on set every single day, I think I wouldn't like acting. Because mm. yeah. it's the only job that you have to ask permission to go to Wii. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so weird. And they're like, yeah. can you just hold five? Can you hold five? And you're like, yeah, sure, sure. Like, <laughs> I have a great a pelvic floor because I've had like <laughs> Is there a, is there a big sort of mass roll of eyes if someone quickly goes off for a, to the for a week? If you've set, done a massive, if it's uh, been a long setup. I mean, yeah, I mean that's a big power play on an. Is it okay? Do that. Oh yeah, yeah. You're yeah. like if you know because I would hold it. I would hold like the whole day and then get home <laughs> and just do this massive cats angry cats wee <laughs> like that. You're like fucking hell. That's yeah, fifteen minutes. But like when an actor's like, no, no, I'm going to do it. And you just think, oh, you can hold for 10 minutes. Come on now. <laughs> use it. Use that. Use that use energy. It, use Channel it. it. <laughs> but then not everyone has great pelvic floors. No, so, this hey, is true. You know, true. Very true. Do you want piss on the floor or do you want like exactly? <laughs> the sparks will be like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not again. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Oh, Kerry, it's been such a joy to talk to you today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, it's been yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's been so lovely to talk to you. And I know we've been, gone off on loads of tangents. Um, <laughs> but So apologies for that, but thanks for <laughs> bearing with us. I, I, I love a random chat. Yeah. <laughs> it was like one of those chats in the street where you've wandered past each other and you've, yeah, you've, you've certainly, certainly tilted back. <laughs> There you go. Kerry Howard on the Blank Podcast. What a fantastic guest. Um, it's reignited my love of Amdram. I want to yes. try to find myself a way into the local Cheshire Amdram society if possible. Um, but yeah, some fantastic stories. Um, and just and some lovely advice as well at the end there. Mm. So um, thank you so much, Kerry, for coming on. Absolute joy to talk to you. Yeah, it was a brilliant conversation. Yeah, it, my wife was really into Amdram. Uh, for quite some time and uh, when we first got together actually she invited me to uh, see one of the productions she, she was she was working backstage on that one but then she was performing in one as well where she had to wear, wear 
well, I think she was supposed to be ice skating, but I think she had to wear roller skates, which oh, I think amazing. sounds, which in hindsight is quite a dangerous thing to do on a yeah. <laughs> on an am- amateur dramatic stage. Um, but yeah, but yeah, it's, it's a great little thing, and I think it's brilliant for communities to have those little, um, those little you know communities um, of actors and wannabe performers yeah. who can go and um, have that little outlet once a, you know every every few months. Well, and crew as well, you know, if you yeah, if you someone likes to be behind the scenes stuff. Was that the same society that had the stabbing then? Yeah. Wow. So they they don't really have much health and safety then, do they? <laughs> no. right. Well, this is amateur amateur gymnastics, Jim. They don't have, they don't yeah, have the sort of quaffers for that kind no. of thing. But they're happy um, for people to have imp- dangerous influence on stage and uh, lurch at each other and yeah. stab in the shoulders. It all adds to the freestyle, adds to the energy on stage. I think in so. that particular incident, it did add to the performance because <laughs> the other, the guy was actually genuinely in agony. And, and then uh, next <laughs> next night, they're like, "Should we?" Do it again? Do we, I know, like you're bleeding, but we could, it worked really, really good. Yeah, so, your performance was outstanding. Yeah, exactly, really lifelike. Rick, I really believed yeah. you've been stabbed. We've actually sort of entered into the world of snuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> amateur snuff. <laughs> oh dear. Oh well, dear. yeah, that's not. Yeah, good. no. Uh, Let's end the podcast <laughs> on that note. Um, well, brilliant. Thank you, Kerry. What a, yeah, it was a brilliant. What an brilliant easy job. person to talk to. Just yeah. absolutely so thank you and thank you to all our listeners as well thank you for your tweets and uh and for listening and to our patrons of course there's extra yes, content there is carry at patreon.com forward slash blank podcast so please do get involved there and your support goes uh a long way to helping the show continue so we do really appreciate it um and yeah that's it and well you i was also going to say you can buy our books there's a book based on the podcast if this is your first time listening to the yeah, podcast and you've true. made it all the way to um <laughs> one hour and wherever we are, 20-something probably. And you're still listening. And you're still listening. Well done. Uh, <laughs> it's a marathon, not a sprint, this podcast. Uh, there is a book that you can get that accompanies the podcast called Blank, How It's Fine to Fall to and Fail and How to Pick Yourself Up Again. Lots of amazing insight from past guests and also from Jim and myself on our experiences around all sorts of themes that come up on the podcast. You can get that at all good bookshops and online. And also we have merchandise as well, don't we, Jim? We do as well, yeah. Um, if you just if you want to brand yourself with the podcast, um, at podcastmerch.co.uk forward slash blank. Um, so please do get involved mm. there as well. We'd really appreciate any sort of getting involved, really. Yeah. On the pod. So um, I mean, we don't mean literally branding yourself. Like, don't get no, a hot not, iron. And no, I mean you could wear a t-shirt that's got blank on yeah. it, and then you could take it off at the end of the day. You don't have to wear it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be permanent. Just yeah. Yeah, just whenever you feel like it, really. I mean, if you do um, get a tattoo of blank, you do, please do let us know. I mean, I'd love to see that. Mm. I would absolutely love to see that. Yeah. Um, I don't. I would imagine no one has that, but you never no. know. No, no, I don't think anyone's that. We don't. Dedicated. We literally do the podcast. So I mean, um, I, I can imagine seeing it on on some sort of tattoo cover up type program. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What do they turn it into? I don't know. Into some sort of serpent or something. Yeah, dragon or something Mm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you've turned your blank tattoo into a dragon, (laughs) let us know as well. Um, We'd love to see that just as much. Possibly more. Yeah, before and after, please. Yeah, yeah, please let us know. (laughs) At blank pod. Anyway, thank you very much, Giles. Thank you for uh, (laughs) 
being you. Uh, thanks to your cat as well for being part of this episode as well. There he is. And um, oh God, loving life. Yeah. And thanks for our listeners. Thanks to Kerry. And we'll see you all again very soon on the next Blank Podcast. Bye. today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.